Welcome back to The Maroon Weekly. It is week eight, and as always, I am Isaac Kirkoka. I'm Greg. I'm Joanna. And we've got a lot of stories to recap this week, um, some on the heavier side. And I want to extend a uh, message saying that we are going to be starting with some of the heavier news. And if you feel uncomfortable recapping the events and violence of this past week, please skip ahead. So... A recent graduate of the University of Chicago on Tuesday was shot and killed on 54th place. The victim, Xiaosheng Dennis Sheng, was a recent graduate of the university, according to the police scanner. An email from President Olivia Satos said that Zhang graduated from the university with a master's degree in statistics this summer. He lived in Hong Kong prior to coming to Chicago. We can't imagine the pain of his family and friends right now, and our thoughts are with all of them and with you in this difficult time. This incident, however, is different from the nearby shooting on 53rd and Harper Avenue that happened around noon on that same Tuesday and was reported to the University of Chicago by the police department and communicated to students in an email. That isolated incident left property damage near the Polsky Center and Harper Court, but nobody was injured in the event. However, the property damage sustained from that shooting has forced the closure of Kilwins, the ice cream and chocolate shop in Hyde Park, to close for the remainder of the year to assess damage. Finally, later that evening, the university community received bomb threats via a seemingly anonymous Twitter account, and the threats mirrored incidents that had recently occurred at Brown, Columbia, and Cornell. Eric Heath noted that the threat was similar to false threats made against a number of other universities nationwide last week. The threat alleged placement of improvised explosive devices in Logan Hall, the main quad, the court theater, and in Harper Memorial Library. These were found to be a hoax, but this was still a scary end to a tragic day for the university community. And lastly, our thoughts are extended to the family of Harris student Sam Burton, who passed away on November 3rd. She graduated from Hamlin University with a degree in political science and a minor in social justice. She worked as a TA in pandemics, urban space, and public life and also Sustainable Urban Development, two environmental and urban studies classes for undergraduates. Again, our thoughts are with the family and friends of Sam and are extended to all of you that are going through a very difficult week. So, Greg, you've got some stories about the university's response to the events. Right, so last Thursday, President Ali Satos, Provost Tai Lee, and Associate Vice President for Safety and Security, Eric Heath, held a safety webinar following a string of violent incidents in the neighborhood this week. Together, they announced a slew of new safety measures, including additional surveillance cameras, more police patrols, and more transit options for students. Heath announced that the Lyft Ride Smart program will be available after 9 p.m. every day until November 24th, instead of only Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. He also said the UCPD, together with the Chicago Police Department, would temporarily increase the number of patrols on and near campus, in addition to, to installing additional police observation devices starting next Tuesday. And these are used to deter crime, identify suspects, and make arrests. According to Heath, CPD Superintendent David Brown has already committed a, quote, significant number of officers to patrolling campus and surrounding communities and the UCPD and CPD will collaborate on training exercise and traffic enforcement in areas with high pedestrian traffic. In addition to these measures, 
Keith described how the university would work with local aldermen and the CPD to develop long-term strategies for introducing permanent crime deterrent technology in Hyde Park. President Oyi Satos expressed his condolences to the family of Xiaoxiong Dennis Singh, the 24-year-old recent New Chicago graduate who was killed during an attempted robbery at 956 East 54th Place. Keith said that the university does not have any information indicating that Singh's shooting was racially or ethnically motivated, a concern, he added, that was raised by international students in the community. Alivi Sathos also emphasized cooperation between the university, Southside residents, and elected officials in addressing security concerns. He also reiterated his commitment to keep working with Mayor Lori Lightfoot to improve safety within Hyde Park and to facilitate a campus discussion that would include a number of senior leadership from the CPD uh, in the next week. Kai Yi Lee concluded the webinar by pledging to share information regarding ways the university would honor Zhang within the next few days. Lastly, the Chinese American Association at Greater Chicago organized a GoFundMe fundraiser that will go towards Zhang's family's traveling and legal expenses, which has already exceeded its goal of $25,000, with more than 1,300 donors contributing over $85,000 as of Sunday morning. The full story, including a link to Zhang's GoFundMe, is up on the Millions website and was originally reported by Eric Zhang. In addition to the stories of violence from this past week, specifically this past Tuesday, congressional candidate Jamal Cole was shot at during an exchange of gunfire at 53rd and Harper. While he was not hit, he had reported that this was the second time he had been shot at in recent months. Cole is the founder of the activist organization My Block, My Hood, My City, and is running for Illinois' first congressional district seat in 2022. While Cole was not hit during Tuesday's incident, he said on social media that he was wounded during a separate incident earlier this fall. Cole told Block Club that a bullet pierced his left arm on September 29th in an incident at East 69th and South Shore Drive. Again, at this most recent incident on 53rd and Harper, nobody was injured, but community activist and congressional candidate Jamal Cole was present. And that largely concludes our recap of the events from this past Tuesday. Again, uh, none of us like to stir on these events, but we definitely want to communicate them to our listener base. And our thoughts are with all of you, especially if you're struggling through this time. But to transition away from these stories, Joanna, will you tell us about the COVID update on campus this week? Yes, absolutely. In the UChicago Forward COVID-19 update sent on Friday, November 12th, the university reported in total 48 new COVID cases and 211 close contacts. The university's surveillance testing program yielded three positive cases between November 4th and November 10th, with a 0.34% positivity rate. As of Friday, the overall campus positivity rate is 0.25%, similar to that of the previous weeks. There are less than five students isolating on campus and 16 students off campus. The city of Chicago's seven-day positivity rate for the past week is 2.2%. The university reminds students that the flu season in the United States has begun and many flu symptoms are similar to those of COVID-19. 
it is important to remember first, if you're not feeling well, get tested, preferably for both COVID-19 and influenza. UChicago Medicine is now testing for both viruses through its symptomatic testing program. Second, if you're a part of the university's mandatory or voluntary surveillance testing programs and are not feeling well, do not wait for your surveillance testing appointment. Please get tested immediately. Lastly, the same precautions that help protect against COVID-19, such as masks and regular hand washing, can help prevent the spread of influenza. So make sure you're continuing your COVID pre prevention protocols. As Thanksgiving is approaching, many students are planned to travel. As a reminder, any member of the university community who chooses to travel must follow local guidelines for quarantining and other COVID-19 measures at the destination and upon their return to Chicago. The university provides no-cost COVID-19 testing to members of the UChicago community who require proof of a negative test prior to international travel. Make sure you plan early to comply with those rules. For more information, please check out the City of Chicago's Emergency Travel Advisory website, as well as the UChicago Wellness website. Last but not least, it has been a difficult week for many students. If you need it, please reach out to UChicago's Student Wellness and make appointment with the Student Counseling Service. 24-7 Therapist on Call service is also provided. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Chicago Maroon. Again, we extend all of our thoughts and prayers to the family of the victims of the violent tragedies of this past week. Music for the Weekly is produced in part by Aaron Senden, Andrew Dietz, and Kenny Talbot-LaVega. Thank you to the Logan Cage staff for the audio recording space and equipment. And I want to extend one final thank you to the University of Chicago Maroons news reporting team because breaking news during this past week is stressful for everyone. And uh, the stress on our news team in the newsroom while writing these stories and making sure we were as accurate as we were when communicating this to the Hyde Park community and all of our families was incredibly stressful. So I want to extend my heartfelt gratitude for those students that broke these stories uh, and that we really appreciate all your dedication to uh, ethical journalism. So as always, I'm Isaac. I'm Greg. I'm Joanna. And we will see you next week.